Okay. So, um, as you guys have been aware, we've been talking about sonship. Will this to be a son? Um, we're going to carry on that theme. Um, yeah, and just and have fun with it. So, we're going to be reading from Galatians. So, under our message, I said Galatians 4, um, from verses 1 to 7. I'm going to go back a couple of verses into um, chapter 3 just to bring some context and like to, to, to the wider like, story. So if we can start from Galatians chapter 3, verse 23. Isaiah, when you're ready. Now, before faith came, then we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came, in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. Mm. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, as according to promise. Okay. Do you carry on? Do you want UK reading from chapter 4, verses 1 to 7? he is a child is no different from a slave though he is the owner of everything but he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father in the same way also in the, in the same way we also when we were a child were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world but when the fullness of time had come God sent forth his son born of woman born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has set the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Yep, last verse. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if, if, and if a son, then an heir through God. Praise him, amen. Thank you, Jose. Everyone give him a round of applause. Good. That's that is um one of the most important bits because you have read the words and the word of God is filled with His Spirit, and so even as the people were hearing the word being spoken, the Lord was speaking to them directly without any of us having to speak, because the Lord is able to speak to us through the word and He's able to teach us through the word and the Holy Spirit is able to teach us. So yeah, thank you, sir. All right, let's um. Let's go for it. I don't plan to be with you guys for um for too long. Um, so before we before we go for it, I think it's always good to do some context. And so one first thing is Galatians is a book written to a church, and it's a letter actually written by Paul. And Paul was an apostle. Um, he was an apostle that was set for more like the uncircumcised, and Peter was more an apostle that was speaking to the circumcised, like fellow Jews. Um, and this is a letter written to a church, churches in Galatia. And if you used to look at in terms of where that is right now, 
it'd be around where Turkey is today. Um, there's a couple of things I want to even, before we even get into the text, is one is that Paul himself, in terms of before he became the apostle, he was persecuting and murdering Christians. Mm. Yeah, murdering Christians. Yeah, like killing Christians. And he was doing it, he was doing it from a belief that he was doing it from a good place. But then he had an encounter with, with, with the Lord and he's now, you know, one of the prolific writers of the New Testament. And so that in itself is a show that we can all be transformed. We can, we can all go through transition, it can all be changed. And even this letter to um, the Galatians is a letter to a church, churches, sorry, that Paul has planted. And he's writing to them saying, um, you know, remember about the gospel, the gospel that I preached. And, I, and we should almost be looking at this in terms of, when you look at a lot of the letters um, to the churches, a lot of them are going through stuff in terms of having to be corrected. And Paul being a prolific church planter, he's having to remind and correct these churches. So I think we need to also know that we're all on a journey, yeah? That we all continuously need to be reminded in terms of who we are. It's not a thing where, you know, you get you hear the message, you get saved, and then you're good to go. Like you'll see through um the, through many letters in the Bible in terms of people are like they're going to and fro and they're going for issues. And so that's all just to know that it's all a process, but continues to be transformed, continuously going through transition, that we continue to need to be hearing the word. Um so the letters to the church. Why is Paul writing this letter to this church? And so when you go through like Galatians is like a really good book I was reading it yesterday and I was like man this is this is like oh, it's really good so the, the main reason why he's, he's writing this letter letters to this church is, is because um, oh I got it it's fine <laughs> thanks Joe's trying to help me um, is when you go through the text you see that he's left them and people have come there to um, tell them a false gospel in that they now need to follow the law right. in order to continue to be saved. Right. And so he's writing back to them saying, hey, I'm not sure who's telling you this false gospel. Don't you remember what I preached to you? And you need to go back to that. So that's the, um, you know, the, key, the key message of that in terms of reminding them that it's not about the law. You're now a new creation. You're now a son of God through faith in Jesus Christ. And when you go through the letter, like, Paul is direct. He's not messing about the tone. He calls them foolish Gentiles. He goes, I'm astonished. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like there's some, um, it's like, who's done this to you? Who's bewitched you? Um, so, but this is all done in love. And this is why, you know what, sometimes in that when you look at um, Christianity now, there's almost this feeling that you kind of got to walk on eggshells. You gotta be really gentle. You gotta be like, you don't say anything that is like too harsh. But imagine, say again. Love. Yeah, yeah. This whole thing around love, but because he, he's actually, if you to look, at, he's probably calling them you idiot. Yeah. Would be a better word to say. You know what I mean? You idiots. What are you doing? Why are you listening to this nonsense? Yeah. And it's, yeah. and he's doing, and he's and the hand hit. He's like, he's doing it from a place of love. That's right. You know what I mean? And so, that kind of gives the context of like. Uh, of what, of why I wrote this book, why I wrote this this letter. Um, so if we zone into um, Galatians chapter three, what I'll do, I'll just go through verse by verse, give a summary, and I'll just call out some key actions and next steps in the back of it. So if we go back to 
um, verses 26 and 27 in chapter 3. Um, for, in, for in Christ Jesus, you are sons of God through faith. And in verse 25, as many of you were baptized in Christ, I put on Christ. 28, therefore there is no Jews or, or Greeks, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And 29, and if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. It's all about Jesus. Do you know what I mean? It's like if you, as you read those first verses, it's all about Jesus Christ in terms of it's one of the things that I really like out there when it talks about for as many of you who are baptised into Christ are put on Christ and the word baptised it talks about immersion I'm guessing this is where people talk about let's get soaked in his presence but um, this means about being immersed fully in him being dipped and soaked in in Jesus Christ and then putting him on so that's like actively saying, I'm going to put on, put on Jesus. So a lot of when you read these verses, it's talking about being baptised into Christ, putting on Christ, or one in Christ. You are Christ. It's all Christ. You know what I mean? So that, when Jesus, when, when the Lord, sorry, when the Lord sees us, he sees Jesus because he's in us, we're in him we're immersed in him. And so I just want to um, remind you all that as Christians, we're called Christians because we're being Christ-like. That's right. You know what I mean? And we're Christ-like because we're in him, he's in us, we're immersed in him, and we continually put him on. So we now go into chapter four, verses one to two. Here talks about um, I mean that an heir, as long as he's a child, is no different from a slave. Slave, you know. Even so, you, like you're an heir, but you're no different to a slave, even though he's the owner of everything, but he's under guardians. Guardians the same as like having a nanny, an au pair, a tutor, someone that's like looking after you. And um, you could even say that the guardian or nanny has more power, no, I mean, more like authority and power than you. Um, and manages it onto the date set by the father. Um, when Paul's writing this letter, he's writing to people to understand Roman culture as well. So here it talks about a date set by the father. So a lot of times in Roman culture, there'd be a particular age where the father would say, you are now ready to become a son. Now I mean, in terms of have a right and have access to the things of the family. Um, and that date would be set by um, that father of the house. But one thing I want to call out is that the law was our guardian. In the, in the, the, it was the law that was being our tutor, that was um, that was holding us holding us back from being a son and that was treating us as a slave. When you read the when you read um, chapter three, the, the like, earlier verse, it talks about the law was like a guardian, was like a schoolmaster, and so. It's like, and when you think about schoolmaster, the whole thing is like, oh, are you wearing the right uniform? Um, have I done this right? Am I doing this right? You're, you're always worried that you're not doing something right. You're always worried about your performance. So in terms of, oh, the tutor told I need to, the tutor told me I need to do this. So you're consciously aware of the right and the wrong. That's what you're like totally conscious of. That's what you're always like. Have I done anything wrong? Have I made a mistake? Do I know all the rules? Yeah. There's 613 laws, yeah. 
You know what I mean? 613 laws, as well as these, what um, Israel had to keep. You know what I mean? It's a lot, yeah? You know what I mean? It's like a lot in terms of even things about the type of clothing that you need to wear, you know what I mean? It being cut from the same material, all these things, you know what I mean? It's like, but all these things were painting to, or pointing, sorry, towards something to say, this is for you to be different, yeah? And, and also for, to get to a reality in terms of actually, I can't keep these laws through my own strength. And he, as the um, video was showing, is that Moses even got to a point where he said to them, you guys actually can't do this. You know what I mean? Like, you can't do this. You need a new heart. You know what I mean? You need a new heart in order to do this. Um, verse 3 of chapter 4. In the same way also, when we were children, we were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. So these elementary principles are talking about... Like, basic things like cause cause and effect the abcs of the um of the world and universe is like if i'm you get what you earn right. do you know what i mean those are like those those are like elementary principles these are these are the thing they're they're true you know what i mean they're ele- but they but they're elementary they're like yeah cause and effect and grace is not elementary principle because it's not like yeah you get what you deserve these are like and, and these are things that people say, oh, yeah, but you, you need to do this. People will kind of teach you in the elementary, and it makes perfect sense. But the things of the Lord do not make sense. You know what I mean? Do not make that kind of, like, elementary, like, oh, yeah, of course. You know what I mean? It's like, does it make sense that Jesus, that one person died to me on the cross and I'm now, I'm now um, forgiven? I mean that I'm like Paul, a murderer. I've murdered other Christians, and I can now be an apostle. Does that make any sense at all? Is it? Are these? And this is this is where it's like it's not about being a slave to these elementary principles, where it's like it has to kind of make sense. It has to be like fairly obvious. Don't be enslaved by those things. The things of the Lord are way beyond the understanding that we just need to almost accept it and be like, thank you, Lord, that you died for the, on the cross for my sins. Even though I didn't deserve it, thank you. Um, verse four. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoptions as sons. So the time has come when God sent forth His Son. He's referring to Jesus. Jesus comes, redeems us, which means that we're being purchased, and one of the big things here is to receive adoptions as sons. So talking about this like more adoptions more as a Roman kind of culture thing. And when you was adopted as a son, you were a son. That's what adoption means that you come in the place as a son. That's what adoption means. So if you're adopted, you are a son. You have the name of the family, you have the rights of the family, and you have access to all the things of the family. So praise God that we've been adopted and that we received adoption as sons. Mm, praise God indeed. Um, verse 6. And because you are sons, and God has sent the spirit of his sons into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Verse 7. So you are no longer a slave but a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. As mentioned, this change doesn't happen through our own strength. Mm. You know what I mean? It's not something that we can, I'm gonna, I'm gonna become good today. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I'm gonna, 
I'm going to do this. It's like, it's um, performance, it's works. And Moses talks about it, the prophets talk about it. This only happens through a transformed heart. You know what I mean? It's where our heart is transformed. And when you go and look at the word heart, talks about, when you look at this, it talks about where your mind, your, pe- your feeling, your passion, the center of our physical and spiritual life. That is what needs to change. That is where um, the transformation happens in terms of when our mind is continually being renewed. And that's when we can become Christ-like and be like Christ. And we live this life knowing that we are sons, knowing that, being, that we've been adopted and that we have full access to everything. But just like the Galatians, we need to be watchful that we don't fall back to elementary principles, fall back to wanting to be a slave. Even when you look at um, Israel, when they left Egypt, they were like, oh man, it was so good when we were in Egypt. Do you know what I mean? It's like you, you look back at your times as a slave and you're like, oh man, it wasn't that bad being a and it, and it wasn't that bad being a slave. And you hit it in the nail. It's almost elementary and more simple because you know what you're getting it. It's almost obvious. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. And it's, we need to be careful that we don't fall back in terms of, yeah, let me go back and be a slave. In chapter five, verse one, I think um, Paul's talked about, don't put the yoke of slavery back on yourself. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, don't, like, don't become a slave. And, in, and even it talks about, in Galatians, talks about, you started in the spirit. Why then would you try and perfect perfect yourself in the flesh? And and, and it's like, and this is where, for all of us continuously here, we need to be looking out for one another. Because the default is, uh, you know what? Let me go back to um, the flesh, no, I mean, the things that I can manage and control. And it's like, no, no, I started in the spirit. I started in this thing where I'm not in control, where I'm having to be led by him, where, where it's not, where I'm having to lean on his, when I'm having to lean on him rather than my own understanding, taking, like, having to get my ankles wet, you know what I mean, hoping that the Red Sea will part. That's where we, that's where we need to remain. That's where we need to remain, where we're totally being led by his spirit. It says that the sons of God are those who are led by his spirit. And it's, you know, this is a, you know, it's easy for me to kind of like, you know, say this, but we constantly need to be looking out for one another. Even like how Paul, how Paul was looking out for the Galatian church. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. He, he's bewitched you. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's like, well, like, why are you doing this? Like, don't you know who you are? Yeah. And I mean, one of the things in this is that whenever we see anyone within um, this community, within this church, we're like, we should be reminding one another, don't you know who you are? Mm. You are a son. You have access. You are a joint heir. Your heart is being transformed. And then when you read Paul's letters, he's constantly reminding the churches in terms of act out who you are, be who you are, because your heart has been transformed. Mm. The centre of your physical lifestyle has been, has been transformed. Other things I want to call out is that we're no longer under the law. And as I was even thinking about this, about it coming out of the heart, sometimes you can see someone do something and you can copy that thing but not have the same passion. Yeah. So it was like, 
So imagine you see, let's say you see me um, kiss Debs, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, okay, that's, that's, that's love. Mm-hmm. Then someone else says, oh, let me just kiss. Mm-hmm. But that love and passion is not there. Yeah. It's just a kiss. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, and sometimes as Christians, you know what we do? So I will say, let's say for example, I will say, oh, you know what? I read my words. I'm spending time in. I'm spending time with the Lord. I spend 30 minutes reading the Word. Then I might say to you, you should spend 30 minutes reading the Word. I'm telling you to follow what I do. No, I mean like in terms of 30 minutes, rather than follow how my, where my passion, my heart is. I mean in terms of like. The reason why I'm reading the word faith is because I want to be in his presence. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Kind of thing. And so there's a danger that you try and copy um, the structure of what people do when what we should be doing is copying their passion and the hearts that they do. The thing that is driving them to spend time with the Lord. Do you know what I mean? So in terms of why having a heart where you want to be intimate with God. You know what I mean? Then, then it's easy to be like, okay, whether you spend time in the Word, worshipping, meditating, you'll find that thing, but the hard thing is, I want to spend time with God. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah. so, it's very easy to, you know, what, what we don't want you to do is copy exactly, okay, so Josh spends five minutes um, prophesying, he spends 20 minutes um, reading the Word, he spends 50 minutes doing this. Okay, if I do that... That's, that 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 would be me. That that would be me. You know what I mean? It's a, it's not it's not a checklist. It needs to be something that comes from the heart. You know, it's almost like it's not a thing that you can pretend. You know what I mean? It's not a thing you can pretend. And it's like it's even when you read the scripture, when the Lord's when the Lord comes and they're like, oh, I never knew you, and they're like, oh, but I did this, I did this, this, and this in your name. It's like, how can you say? Your actions determines your relationship with someone. Mm-hmm. When you know someone, you know them. You know. Mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's like you. Just, it's like you know them. It's not because of what you do. Mm-hmm. So, and one thing as well. We are going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. No, I mean we are going to we are going to do things wrong. We are going to um, like, not hit the mark. But thank God that. Jesus Christ died on the cross for us yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Amen. That we're going through a process of trans- of continually becoming Christ-like. Mm-hmm. But when we make that mistake, when I make that mistake, I don't need to be scared that, oh no, I can't speak to my father. Yeah. Oh no, God doesn't want to see me anymore. God doesn't love me anymore. No, I'm a son, I have access to him. I'm able to come to him boldly and say, hey, dad's the daddy, Abba father. It was a sign of intimacy. I made a mistake. He's like, yeah, cool. Let's look, let's look at that. And then even when he does correct us, because you know that he's doing it from a place of love, you can be corrected. You can be corrected. <laughs>